Hey, before we get into everything, got to let you guys know once again about our sponsor. Love having them on board. Fort Scott Munitions. They're letting us do this and keeping us going. A manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact. That's their trademark in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state, all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. That's F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T. M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE, one word, for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of this podcast, the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud sponsor of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. And Chris, I know you've been using the product for years at this point. Yeah, and for in layman terms, when, when we talk about being tightly wound tightly spun and, and you know to me in the beginning it was all greeks like hey does the round gonna hit where it needs to go well that's what that means it means it's made as well you're gonna get a good spin on it when it comes out of the barrel so you're gonna have the same you're gonna have the same accuracy of course take off the human element out of it but mechanically you're gonna have the same accuracy every shot and that's what you want you want consist- consistency and and you're gonna have that with four scott munitions and i use those in all my battle line training classes uh, myself, Ben Morgan, uh, swear by him. Ben Morgan's a first ranger bat, uh, triple canopy guy. has been down range a few times himself. Um, it's a tremendous, tremendous ammo. But what I, I really love most of all about the company, and I've been around a lot now, a lot of companies being a, a quote-unquote public figure. I hate being called that, but you got to live with what you are. <laughs> That's what I am. Um, you, you find companies that don't have the integrity. They don't, they don't say and do – don't what they say and what they do are completely different. And um, no, they Fort Scott Munitions and the Kraft family and the Forrester family, which uh, Robbie Forrester is the VP out there. Uh, they've done everything they've already said to do. They said they're going to do for me their integrity. I never questioned it, and it was reflective in their product. Their product is tremendous. I think that goes hand in hand. I um, I think uh, I, I do believe that the corporations that have integrity within the corporation themselves, their themselves are honest uh, and and are trustworthy. It reflects in their product, and that's definitely with Fort Scott Munitions, and that's why I've been with them for well since I since well since I found out about them, which was over two and a half years ago, and wow. I'm still shooting their ammo, shooting their ammo daily, and and uh, when I daily when I go to the range, which I wish it was daily, I should say whenever I go to the range, but also the training classes, and and uh, hunters out there, yeah, you you've got to give their their ammunition a really good shot, all their higher caliber ammunition, rifle ammunition, because you're going to be happy. And and you go on YouTube and look at the Force Scott Munition videos; those they have videos out there. Yep, of course, I've uh, seen them. Of, of, 
you definitely take a look at them if you don't believe me and and then just to just give a give a give a 20 rounds a shot and i'm telling you what you won't you won't be uh, disappointed at all yeah and i mean we are coming right around to christmas so this is like that last minute gift yeah. idea i mean very last minute so definitely check how long shipping will take i can't you can't quote me on if it'll get there before christmas that's up to them but uh if you're able to get something in your area before christmas this is like a great last minute gift idea uh dot com. Promo code Battleline. With that, really excited to have on the podcast uh, a guy I've known for a long time, Corey Alanis. Let's get right into it. On the microphones, pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peranto and Ian Scotto. This is the Battleline Podcast. Battleline podcast, uh, I have to say, tremendous response to the last episode in that I, I think I told you, Chris, the episode with Jack now has more plays than any other episode, and it's the newest episode, so as all of those have been accumulating plays, this thing already outperformed all of them, so I think it's that's, safe to say, that's great. yeah, we got to get Jack back on. Is, and Kate, did, did you tell Kate, though? I don't want to hurt her feelings. Is I, that okay with Kate? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't mentioned it. I did write a Facebook post to let people know. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's everybody. Like, who's a bigger name, Andre Olavsky or Jack? Honestly, Andre, but I mean, he was a UFC champion, but our audience just gravitates towards the special ops guys and those type of topics and you know we're going to do a lot of that and, and other things yeah we'll get more on i i'm happy with whoever and you know ian that's why i love you because you track all that where you know with me i'm like eh, okay just tell me for if, if it <laughs> is it good or bad it, and that's all i need i just need the green i just need it just black and white is it good or bad yeah it's good okay cool you say it's good but jack and I, and jack and i have a rapport i i do believe that we and coming from the same background with from the 75th um i i think people saw and i i do believe what's the 75th ranger regiment you see our mentality uh within the regiment is 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 different than other units it's not i'm not saying it's better i'm just saying it's different is that you know just we, we aren't going to blindly follow any allegiance to an organization or a department and i even posted something like this or or a or a um, you know, or a political party, just because we may vote one way or the other, we're going to use common sense and make and make good, sound judgments and opinions that way. Instead of saying, "Hey, I'm a Republican, I believe this. This is how I have to stay," or yeah. "I'm a Democrat, this is how I have to stay." No, it doesn't make a difference at all. It, what's what's common sense say? And that is the regiment, though. That's what the 75th. Everything always fell down to. Is it make common sense to do it? If it doesn't, then don't do it. And if you violate that fifth principle patrolling, which is common sense, then then you know what? You are going to get 
probably your butt handed to you. And that's at the regiment. That's not, that's not anywhere else. That's in the regiment. So, um, and I, I think people saw that. And, and I, I liked hearing about Jack talk too, because Jack is articulate a lot more than me. And he's, <laughs> he is, uh, he comes across as a smart ranger where I come across as a closet smart ranger. I am, <laughs> I am pretty smart, but on the outside of people come and talk to me like, God, that dude's an idiot. He can't even form a complete <laughs> sentence and he speaks too quickly. Well, that's coffee for you. I can't do nothing about you. I like, I like coffee, so I can't do anything about that. <laughs> well, I will say, I think you're both very smart guys. Like working with both of you, man. Um, you know what I, I was surprised by is I really did expect to get a lot of hate for that from that episode. And at least so far I haven't seen a whole lot. And, and I think yeah. it's because at the end of the day, we were fair. We didn't do the episode to bash anybody. We did it to give a th- – these are the facts. This is what we know. This is what we could speculate upon. And the, I, I honestly only read one thing uh, that I would say was negative, and it was before the episode even went up. Um, you know, Jack posted about that it was going to, you know, get people uh, up in arms possibly. And some guy wrote, you know, you sound like you don't know what the definition of alleged is. But the guy didn't listen to the episode yet. I, I saw I wrote some comment that was like, you know, check out the full show in, in full context and you may feel differently. But I didn't well, I didn't hear a lot of people bash us. I overall it was a really positive response. Well, I, that says a lot for uh, for people out there. And I say this to people when I talk to them uh, just on the street someday I don't know. And this is a, me being lucky enough to be out there on the speaking circuit. And I get to speak to different groups. I get to speak to corporations or groups that you may have. They're different in their political ideologies, but when you talk to them and you talk to them about either combat or you talk to them about just black and white issues and you don't say – and you don't bring your political polit- political influences into it, people actually do have a lot of common sense. People do make good decisions if you just point out, hey, we're not, we're not, we're not siding with Trump. We're not bashing Trump. We're not siding with Obama. We're not bashing Obama. This is just what it is, and when people are actually can step out of that. CNN versus Fox box yeah. for two seconds. If they can, they realize, Oh my gosh, we do have common sense. And I see it. Everybody has that common sense. They just have to be willing to step out of whatever paradigm they're, they're believing in at the moment and, and just be what we really are. And that's smart, intelligent human beings that if we take all of our feelings that we've been manipulated by, by the media and it is the media manipulates the hell out of us. Yep. I was part of that. I, Hey, I was right smack dab in the middle of it. I, I fell for it. Um, when people step out of that and it's, 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 it's like clarity. It's like, Oh wow. It's like that. You hear the angels singing. Oh yeah. <laughs> the clarity comes in and people like, you know what? They, they do make good sound decisions and and you're right we didn't bash anybody but that wasn't to bash anybody that was to hey this is this is what we believe in and both jack and i have seen combat we have been in situations where don't know where you have shoot don't shoot situations or you have the opportunity because you have the ability because you're in that position to to take a life even though it may not be it's not going to be the right thing to do because it's not on an op it doesn't matter you, you they may be a prisoner there may be somebody to coming in to give information and we didn't do it because again human life is is important and and i, I believe we could speak eloquently at least jack can speak eloquently i speak in my choppy fashion as people <laughs> see i'm all over the place but we can speak intelligently about it because we haven't read it somewhere. We didn't hear it from some pundit. We actually been in those situations, and and that's that's why I'm I'm happy too. But I, I'll be honest, I'm, I agree with you. I'm a little bit surprised as well, um, but I'm pleasantly surprised, and that's that's better. I'm I'm glad to say, you know what? I am pleasantly surprised. 
we we haven't lost hope for you society we haven't lost hope for you the united states of america is everybody oh the world's gonna end no we still have good people everywhere people just need to get out of that dang media driven box every once in a while and 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 go back to their roots which is just thinking intelligently about subjects and using common sense yeah, what I think a lot of people don't realize, and you and I were talking about it, and and by the way, I don't blame the public for not really knowing this because people are going about their everyday li- life, they're you know they have their job, they're not analyzing everything going on in the media. But yeah, you turn yeah. on Fox News, CNN, any of these stations, MSNBC, I don't know, we were texting about it. A lot of these pundits who come on. They're part of, you know, super PACs. Super either, PACs, yeah. Yeah, either for, you know, <laughs> this candidate or that candidate. And they're basically paid to to give a certain view on things. It might not even be their real opinion. They're, they're basically paid to make Trump look good or to make Hillary yeah. Clinton look good. And then they're going to debate the person on the other side who's paid to say e- certain yeah. things. And, you know, the, the three of us, speaking of Jack being here, are not you know paid by anyone. We have Fort Scott yeah. Munitions on board as a sponsor. They're definitely not telling us what to say and what not yeah. to say. So you know we don't work for any candidate. We we're not helping anyone get elected or not get elected. These yeah. are our genuine. Yeah. Uh, this is our genuine perspective on the issue at hand. So even if you disagree, you can at least see it's coming from a real place. And and that's fine if they disagree. That's just our opinions. And yeah, you know, that's what I always tell people. I take for what I have to say. And then at the end of the day, you can walk out of the room or, or turn off the podcast and say, God, that dude's an idiot. Or, damn, Tano, he's, he's a jackass. I'm not listening. That's fine. I, I don't care. That's I don't care. That's fine. That's my opinion. That's your opinion. I want you to have that. But it is. I agree with you. And you, I want people to say, you know what, though? They're really not. They're not trying to push one way or the other. They're just saying what's on their mind. And, and hopefully because of experience, because of not what we've read, not what we've – not what we've uh, seen in a soundbite, not that you, and not that what we've seen in, in maybe an interview. And that's why I don't even watch the news anymore. Um, that what they're saying is coming from something where they have actually been through the experience. I, I will always listen to somebody that has been through a similar experience, their view, because there are so many other things that go into a decision, especially when you're thinking combat or even taking your person's life or protecting an individual from harm. When you've done that and actually been through that experience, there's other feelings and emotions that come in and you actually can, you actually have that ability to, to, uh, to replay that in your head. And what was I thinking? What was I feeling? What would, what should I've done here? What should I've done differently? And you replay it in your head over and over and over again. So when somebody asks you about a, about something like an Eddie Gallagher or a Lieutenant Clint Lawrence, you can say with, with some, some certainty like you know what he was in the wrong here you know what oh no wait wait he did handle himself right because i've been in that situation before and and um whether you like it or not and and nobody can dispute that and if people want to dispute that well i tell you right you can go to hell on my end if you want to dispute that because i I have been in the situations especially situations where i could have very easily taken a lot taken a life of someone that I wasn't sure if it was a bad guy or not, or I wasn't the situation where I needed to, and I didn't. And um, and you know that's 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 uh, that's something that I at least I can say with some some certainty that that I, I can say with some certainty that yes, my opinion is valid because I have an experience in the matters that we talked about with the Lawrence and Eddie Gallagher and then Goldstein. So um. And I hope people got a little bit out of that. But bottom line, again, is that I still think people is people do out there have a lot of common sense. They just let the media push that one way or the other, where if they just would take a step out of that box, yeah. 
they would come back and, and realize, you know what, man, I, uh, maybe I'm not thinking clearly here. Let's let me try this again, just to with a blank slate where somebody isn't trying to influence my decision one way or the other. Yep, I agree, man. Bottom line, turn off the TV once in a while. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. So, and I, and I should also say, in regards to like us getting all these plays this week, part of that is also your wife shooting out that email yeah. blast, which was <laughs> yeah. you know thanking people who who either purchased something from the website or were a part of a battle line tactical course, and uh, you know just did something, uh, you know that that was a part of your life and thanking them for that. So. She's awesome, and she, she, my wife is awesome. She, she, and she just put up with me, dude. I can't. And for those, you know, full disclosure out there, guys, and I've said this to people, and and, and I'm I'm proud to say say that we've we have reconciled. We've had our ups and downs, so we haven't been a perfect relationship within the my military, my deployments. It, it crushes a relationship being deployed. It was so hard. So you youngsters out there listening, if you're married. <laughs> Just be prepared. You have to be strong, and there's going to be ups and downs because you are gone. I got married and went right to ranger school. I got it's married. Crazy. We haven't even ever had a honeymoon. We got married at the courthouse in Tacoma, Washington in 2001, and the next week I was in ranger school. And yet I mean, you that, guys seem very compatible. You know, it's, well, not, it's not like you just married someone yeah. that you they really don't click with. <laughs> it, that's I think that's why we've been able to get through a lot of the uh, adversity that um, – that we've been through honestly shit brother she should write her own book about relationships with her dealings with me if anyone knows how if any person out there man or woman knows how to endure through difficult relationship it's her and uh and uh, you know i think again when she writes anything especially that that thank you that she put out i can't take credit for that when she writes it, it's always from the heart too. She wears her heart on her sleeve, and I, I, I think it came across. Obviously, you yeah, saw no, it was, it was genuine, really and yes. and it also got some ears on the podcast because there are some people who may have read the book but didn't know that we were doing this, and they're not we, on we, Facebook. We need to have her on, brother. What can we do? I'm, I'm in. I have yeah. right now. I have January booked. Let's do it February. Feb- well, she's not in a hurry. If you, my wife could be a, a, <laughs> an Instagram, Facebook gun buddy. She could, she's not she on got, any of that though, right? No, she hates it, and that's. That is what I love about her too, because she doesn't need the attention. She, my attention is good enough. That's all she needs, and and I love that about her because she doesn't look for. And she, my, my wife, for all of you out there, guys, my wife has a rocking body. And for four, three kids, she looks like she's twenty. And she just, and she, she played all. She played volleyball. She was an all American volleyball player through college. So believe me, and volleyball girls do have nice butts from doing all the squats all the time. And she still asks me, "You don't need to say anything, Ian. You just keep quiet there." But no, I so. Having a beautiful wife like that that doesn't seek the attention, even though she she's a she's a a, a brand ambassador for Tadia, that yep. the, the the athletic clothing company that I rep, they brought her on after I posted a couple of very, pictures of her wearing some of the stuff. Um, and they were like, we enough were of you. Put her like, in this yeah, stuff. Exactly. Well, look, go to my Facebook page and you'll see there's, I, I did, I, we, we, there's a, there's an ad they did for her and an ad they did for me. Oh yeah. She's 15,000 more hits than I am. I uh, know there's great. no contest. So she, she's a beautiful woman, but that's what I, I love about her too, is, is she's such a genuine person and oh, she's stronger and she is. She's tougher than a bag of hammers, dude. She's tougher than a bag of nails. She is so strong and she has sincerity. And again, she's for after three kids, she she is just still just gorgeous. Unbelievable. And she and she's very athletic. And that that helps with the compatibility, definitely. But we need to have her on. We yeah, do need to have I'm her. I'm done. February, you guys heard it here first, man. So um 
emails. Uh, I, I've mentioned before, battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. We like answering any questions. I am getting blown up with a ton of guest suggestions. Some of them are great. You know, we just have a, a lot of people that we both want to bring on, and it's hard to narrow it down to who we want each week. Well, we'll um, get a, we'll get people. I mean, remember, we're we're hoping longevity on this. Thing. Oh yeah. So we have years, hopefully, to get Garrett. So everybody out there, suggestions. Yeah, thank you for that. We're not dissing you. We're not no, not at you all. Off. Not at all. We just, we just, yeah. Ian's right. We have a ton uh, that we we need to get on. And one thing I've also learned, and you, Ian, knows this from working with Will Cal as well, is uh, when you get in the public world here, you, you're just not going to make everybody happy. And you just can't. We try to. I've tried to. But that's why I don't even answer a lot of my direct messages, if any, on Facebook or Instagram. Because when I did, if I didn't answer one, I was an asshole. It's like you answered him, but you didn't answer me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got 300,000 people. I've got – you feel like – what is it? uh, uh, Bruce Almighty? (laughs) I remember you mentioned that. So I just like, you know what? I just quit answering them because – it was damned if I do, damned if I didn't. And and so people out there, we're not knocking, we're not ignoring you. It's just, it's it's hard to keep up with there. And we'll do our best to get everybody on that people want to hear. And and also they have to want to come on our show too. They may not want to. Yeah. No, but I think most people do, man. I mean, there's a ton of people. So uh, anyway, I did want to get to this question. It actually originally happened on Twitter. Um, Dave Eden on Twitter hit me up and he was like, at Ian Scotto, okay, after hearing you mention Five Finger Death Punch on Soft Rep and now Battleline, can you recommend a good album to start with? Um, so what I let him know, and I just said, being entirely honest, I'm not the biggest fan of theirs. Uh, you know, they're oh, good. I, they're good. I, I I'm just not a huge fan. So what I, I said it. is, yeah, no, I said what I said. Chris definitely is. I got this, uh, yeah. So, yeah, he wrote me an email and he said, as mentioned on Twitter, can Chris recommend the best five finger death punch album to start with? You know, they've all been they really have all been very good. Um, uh, the very first one and I got the, the very first one here. Well, the, this most recent one has been good. Let me, let me, here, because I got to find the title of it again. As you're looking, let me just yeah, clarify, yeah. though, no disrespect at all. I mean, like that song, The Other Side of Heaven, is great. Uh, you know, they have some good stuff. There's just certain bands that, that are constantly in rotation for me. They're, yeah. they're just not in that for me but i know for you you love them so well they're they're on my workout playlist they're they're right again my workout playlist is you know i'm very i'm very eclectic so right next to five further death punch we'll have slipknot then elton john will come on and george michael and then it'll pop over to to uh to um uh to uh, who's my country singer darius rucker but then it'll pop back to five figure death punch so yeah they they um they're they're the reason is is they go back to like the acdc type songs you because there, there's that funkiness to them. If you listen to ACDC, ACDC is a great rock band. But if you listen to it, there's some blues in there. There's there is they've got that they've they've got that rhythm, and Slipknot does it when they slow some of their stuff down. Um, you know, so does so does Five Finger Death Punch when they do it. So, oh my gosh, dang it! And that's just why am I? I'm just are, are you are you so many are you stalling there. on giving this guy his favorite? Your no, I'm favorite. going to, dude. I just got to find the name because I don't want to <laughs> give him the wrong album because it was the second one they did. It's funny you um, mentioned Slipknot, by the way. That new the new single, Nero Forte. That great is awesome. song, man. Oh, and, dude, that's a kick at See, and that's funky. And Listen you know what I like it. about it, too, man, is is it's <laughs> like it touches on stuff we've talked about on this podcast. I, I could feel it before I even heard him explain it. But Corey Taylor said that whole song is about, you know, depression. 
Yeah. And yeah. the whole yeah. song, you know, um, I mean, that that line, you could do your worst to me at the end of the day. That's what you do best. Like, I think anybody who's gone through that type of thing could really relate to that song. And, and the way they put it out, that's old Slipknot. That's back from the uh, from the old original days like Iowa. And, yep. and they brought and that's good. That's I love that's on my album. Um, well, he said you know, the second one where they got big. Uh, on on Five Finger Death Punch was the wrong side of heaven and the righteous side of hell, and they had yep. two different. They had Volume One, Volume Two. Those are awesome. Actually, to me, those are probably the best because I think they were the best made in the studio. You can hear it in the studio the difference. Uh, but the first one that, that I really started to get into them though was American Capitalist, and that's what I. And they have good songs on American Capitalist, um, but you know, I War's the answer. I had a couple of them. Uh, but that wasn't my favorite. I really do think their best one, best one, up to to date. Now it's close though, because the last one they've done, um, I want to say it's called, and I'm trying to remember, a decade of in- destruction. Uh, and they've got some new ones on there uh, that are uh, that blue on black is one of them. One of the songs they have, it that's pretty good, man. And there's actually a song. If I could, and I'll, I'll probably cut you off doing this. I'm gonna find it, Ian. There's a song that actually, if you listen to it, I listen to it, and it describes my life for up till probably last year of how it was being in the public eye. And 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 it's it's I gotta find the name of it, but it's on their newest album. Okay. Um. So check, tell them check out decade of uh, decade of destruction. And Justice for None. Tell them look at those two. Those are awesome. Justice for None is, I believe, I'm sorry, Des- it, Justice for None. It sounds to me like one. you like every album. You've pretty much mentioned I, every I album in the same the, the The Wrong Side of Heaven, Righteous Side of Hell, though, that is probably has the most songs that are the best to me. And then you, they brought Rob Halford on from um, Judas Priest. Judas Priest. When he played, in, uh, he was in, uh, did that was he was in one of those albums. That's when you got guys coming on like that. That are the old school, old school rock guys, Judas Priest. You get guys from Iron Maiden coming on and helping. Now nah, you, you've just validated yourself in my book that you actually have some class too because you're repping the old guys. That was a big, and that was that was the wrong side of heaven, righteous side of hell. So that's my favorite. But Justice for None is getting close because they've got some great songs on their shit. So the when I look at albums too, and I'm I'm rambling a little bit, but when I look at albums. There's good songs on every album. So, yes, I do like all the albums. There are, there's a good – but it's – do you have a song And as we used to play? Because we used to be – you and I used to be, not be able to download just one song. You had to buy a whole album for one yep. song. I do remember song, that. You, yeah, remember? Yep. You want a song that uh, – album that you can play straight through that you don't have to hit the fast forward. Because we used to have to hit the fast forward too and you'd have to wait for it to spin because it was a tape. Right. See, so that's a little before my time. It's still CDs. Because I, I grew up like, you know, late, late 90s was me, you know, mid to late 90s was me getting into music. So, well, I'm dating myself. Then. But so when I, when I listen to an album, I, you're, I like all their stuff. I think Five Figure Death Punch is awesome, just like Slipknot. I think Slipknot's fantastic as well. But when I say best album, it's an album. Can I play song one and not want to fast forward it That's all true. the way to song whatever? And that was that was wrong side of heaven, righteous side of hell. Both volumes, both volumes were awesome. They just that was you don't. That's like one of those albums that uh, just like Slipknot when uh, with they had Iowa and their next one. I kind of can't remember that was even better. I used to listen to that in Iraq all the time or ACDC back in black or Metallica the black album. Those albums only come along every once in a while, and yeah. that's 
that's what that is. Yeah, yeah, there's very few albums where you could listen to the entire thing. But yeah. just this discussion is making me really excited for next episode with Pat McNamara. Because Pat McNamara. Pat, oh, yeah, Pat is Pat as Pat. old school of a metalhead as it gets. Dude, he still looks old metalhead, dude. He does, doesn't he? He, he, he loves it, though, man. He could talk metal day and night. I want to, yeah, I do want to hear what, because we, we, I want to hear some of his stuff that he likes doing. Dude, there's some metal that, um, uh, you know what? I, 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 I um, I'm trying. There he, was he's a, a little bit more old school than you in that he's like Judas Priest, Metallica, Slayer, all that old school stuff. That, I mean, they were awesome. I just, some of that stuff, I think I was more getting closer again because it has to be funky to me. And when that was going on, Def Leppard was funky. Their drummer, oh, their yeah. bass player. I like Def Leppard. They were in. He'll we're say, we're oh, getting no, onto such a, a topic voice. here. And, and I, I do want to get to Corey Lane. No, no, but we'll get, but we'll no, go. this sorry, makes me go. wonder, <laughs> what do you think of uh, of this Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett oh. tour coming around? And oh, Motley Crue saying they're no, they're, you know, they broke the contract that they weren't going to tour anymore. What, who they're not so motley that. motley crew five years ago said they oh, were yeah. done they were hanging it up they did their last tour i went to two dates on that tour and i'm sure they got a huge offer to tour with def leppard and they've come out of retirement and they're going to be playing arenas uh and stadiums this coming summer wow dude that's that's a, that's that is epic no, you got to go see that. You, how many times are you going to be able to see Motley Crue live? And again, that there's another one. You know, Dr. Feelgood. Uh, that, that's funk. Listen to it. It's funky. It's you got, you like, know I have the Dr. Feelgood album tattooed on my back, right, Chris? No, I didn't know. I, I no, that, is, yes. that is that song. If that and um, Kickstart My Heart. Those, oh, yeah. those don't get you pumped up. And I used to listen to those to get me pumped up before I go out on an op. Or even before I used to compete when I was running. Uh, when I was doing a lot of running, like like 10Ks, man, if if your heart doesn't get going, especially with Kickstart My Heart, something's wrong with you. Those are two of the best songs ever made. I, uh, I, Dr. I, Phil, and they're funky though. Listen, I mean, you're, you, people maybe listen if you, they're funky. They're, they got they got some funk to them. They got some soul in them, and that's what makes them good. I that, couldn't agree more. And you know what? I don't even know if you thought of this when you mentioned it when you were saying classic albums. You mentioned the Black Album and that, yeah. both produced by Bob Rock. It says a lot for his production. <laughs> Yeah, the, the producers come in and, and they really knock it out of the park, man. Um, and, and they do help. Uh, Rick, Rick Ross, when he gets involved with anything, who was the guy that was with the Run DMC? Oh, you know, Kid Rock, and he was awesome too. Yeah, um, yeah, you're thinking of wow, I'm forgetting. Um, oh, Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin. Yeah, when he gets involved, another. I know what you did. You confused him with Ross Robinson, who did all the old corn and Limp right. Bizkit no, and Slipknot. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Rubin, I, I admire <laughs> you, brother. I've been listening to your stuff since I was a wee child on on eight tracks. Uh, when he was when he started with Run DMC and got them going, and then be, you know part of. LL cool and helping with LL cool D and then he would jump to Eminem, but then he was also and beastie boys or and, and he did Slayer. He did, and he did Slayer, it down. Yes. He did the Johnny cash album with the cover of hurt yep. by nine inch nails. I mean, that yep. is, that is an awesome resume right there. It's a, and he brings funk in it. You can bring funk in anything and it makes it better. Just add some funk to it. It'll make it, better. <laughs> it'll make it better. Anything you got to have, make, add some funk to it and, I, and it, it will always sound better. I fully agree. Well, I don't want to keep Corey Lane standing by too long. And it's so funny that I can't say his real name, but, you know, he goes by a code name. 
and it's yeah. Coriolanus. But and also he could talk, so I want to I want to let him come on, give him as much time as we can. But before we get to him, I do of course want to mention again Fort Scott Munitions. They're a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact and soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of this podcast, Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. So joining us for the first time on Battleline Podcast actually is a guy that if you've been a fan of like previous interviews I did or any of that, that people haven't heard from for three years, none other than Coriolanus, because I can't say your real name, uh, expert on hacking and cybersecurity, all-source fusion intelligence analyst with almost 20 years of experience, including with the DOD, counterintelligence analysis, counterterrorism, joint targeting, and cyber information operations, Army and Navy veteran with experience working in Central and South America, Iraq, Afghanistan, and Southeast Asia. Uh, I think that covers it all, so glad to have you on, man. Yeah, good good to meet you finally, brother. I mean, personally, I know I know your name, but it's good to finally meet you, man. Hey, no, no worries. Um, thank you very much for having me on. It's an honor, Chris. I, I really, um, I, I, your, um, your whole story and uh, as a character, it's, it's definitely an honor to be on with, with you. And again, with you, Ian. Um, wow, I didn't even know you had that much information on me, Ian. Maybe we should just like get that summarized. <laughs> uh, down you fa- dude, you failed. You have failed as a counter spy <laughs> IT tech guy. You have failed because there's too much out there on you. What are you doing, Ian? We got to find a new guest. Uh, this is, we just lost all credibility right there. <laughs> I, think, I think Ian has collected all the little snippets that I gave to like uh, the folks that we the worked fo- with in the past, and then he put it all together now. So now it's like, geez. Oh, well, well, then Ian. <laughs> maybe you have a new calling brother i think the cia CI needs people anyway that's funny that aren't complete pretentious assholes so so i should should mention the the way that this came about bringing uh coriolanus on and you know i'm gonna want to slip and say your name and hopefully you don't because you've done that before um i'll I'll have to just call you brother like uh chris you know calls everybody brother and and not say your name it's it's all bro that's it bro the the way it myself i totally out myself that is a thing you have yeah so the, so the way it came about, I should say, though, is that before we even recorded our first podcast, I was texting with Coriolanus and I asked him if he checked out the Joe Rogan podcast with Edward Snowden. And your response was basically, fuck that guy. And, and I said, and I was like, hey, I'm working on a new podcast, by the way, with Chris Peranto. And your honest response to me, you were like, now that guy's a hero. That's a guy I would love to talk to. So I was oh, like, thanks, enough man. said, we'll have you on any time. Yeah, yeah, I stand by that. I absolutely stand by both those statements. Uh, I think Chris did some amazing work. 
Uh, I don't know him personally, obviously, but from what I've read, what I've seen, and from other folks in the community that I've talked to, I think he's a great guy. Uh, I don't thanks, brother. Fuck himself. I don't give yeah. a fuck. About See, that. there we go. I like it. I like that. All right, you're you're good on my end there, brother. I, and I know everybody don't like. There's a lot of people that don't like me, but that's cool. And 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 by you coupling that with go f Edward so Edward Snowden, we're good. You're on my you're on my happy list. I'm gonna send you a Christmas card. I got to get it out today though. So we're not going to make it. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Ian. Man, no, I'm, I'm monopolizing the conversation again. No, this is Damn. all good. I, that, so you know what's interesting is the last time or one of the last times that we spoke, you really hit on something that the mainstream media didn't talk about until months later where you said what was going on with the you know the so-called Russia hack. You You put it out there that you said they don't really care whether – Trump got elected or Hillary got elected. It was all about creating discord among the American public and anything that was distrust in government. And sure enough, many months after you said that, they reported that Russia was buying ads for Black Lives Matter and all types of things that were, were not connected with Trump. Yeah. Yeah, no. I. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate bringing that up. I'm not like a forecast or anything. I just, I, I looked at, you know, I, I've looked at Russia and China for about seven or eight years now, and I, I'm I'm quite certain that they're kind of running a scorched earth policy when it comes to influence and information operations. You, uh, you, it's unbelievable that it, again we kind of segues back to what we are the segue into into uh, into the conversation here is that you did you did math, you looked at past results, and you utilized common sense. I, I mean, just anybody with any common sense should have at least assumed that and then you just validated it i i just i i'm not that smart of a guy and i could even see like dude they're just trying to they're they're doing what we do they're doing unconventional warfare that's what they're doing that's what we do in the asf community We're, we're we're trying to to break them apart from the inside using misinformation and with social media now holy crap it's so easy so and for people not to listen to what you had to say when you're the subject matter expert that's just ridiculous or maybe they they just they even like us they knew well, you were right, and they just didn't want to prove that. They want to show that you weren't right because they didn't want to give up the, the any hands that they were playing. I, you know, it's just ridiculous to me. Well, I, I don't, I don't expect people to take my word for anything. To be honest, I, I, I tell people, and they can either choose to listen or not. Whether it's you know leaders who are in operational positions, it's not my job really to tell them to make a decision because I think sure. something is you know, but. But I, I like and like it gets into logical errors like argument from authority, like maybe I'm not right, but you can ask 13 other people and a lot of them, <laughs> agree, you know, whatever. Um, but um, so, you know, the, the funny thing is when you look at speaking of Edward Snowden, um, I think that Edward Snowden provided a, a fairly raw kind of archetypal um, template for what uh, Russia eventually developed doctrinally using um General Gerasimov's doctrine. It's not really a doctrine. It's more a series of, of things that we've discovered as a result of that or since then. Um, and they saw, like, as soon as Edward Snowden dropped all these leaks about the government, they saw the immediate distrust that the American public had in their government. And I'm not I'm not actually trying to convince anybody to trust their government. I'm, that's not what I'm trying to do. The, the opposite end of this argument is not trust your government wholeheartedly. But the, the difference is um, that Edward Snowden was deliberately trying to create a divisive environment. Well, he wasn't deliberately. He did create, whether it was yeah. wittingly or unwittingly, a divisive environment. I'm quite certain after he went over to Russia, it didn't take long for them to sit down at some kind of staff meeting or something and say, hey, that worked really well. Yeah, 
yeah. one dude. I wonder what we can do. Um, and then from there, basically take a look at what they did. Uh, I mean, they've never stopped doing active measures, but take a look what they were doing with active measures and saying, hey, this has kind of been like a little bit backseat for I don't know how many years. Why don't we take it to the forefront a little further and start heavily investing into the following areas and see what happens in America? Um, and then I think you can look at that and see what the result has been since then. And that, I, I would like to know, and I, do you think that he, uh, and this is, we're, we're always giving opinions, obviously we're a show, it's opinions, it's nothing that we say is, can be said 100%, 110%, unless you're actually there watching it happen. But being him in Russia, and you said that unknowingly, unwittingly with Edward Snowden, do you think though when he went to Russia, he helped them develop a plan. I mean, he's like, wow. They, and yeah, I agree with you. I like, hey, he probably didn't know it was working, but then he sat down with the Russians, and he's already pissed off. I believe me, anybody that could get pissed off at the government, I know how that goes, and I know what you what's yeah. going through your head when that happens. But him sitting there with the Russians and then saying, okay, you know what? You may have not known you were doing this, but this worked a little bit. Let's make a a game plan. Do you think he game plan? Do you think he helped them strategize? Uh, what they were doing now, what's what has come into now, and, and I mean, I'm just asking for your opinion. Yeah. But I know, I know you're not. It's not 110, percent but I, I do want to know because you're you are you you know more about this stuff than than myself. I I don't know a lot about this at all. I I listen to a lot of what IT people, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to dumb it down at all, brother. You just, <laughs> what you do is very very important. It, it gives us the ability no, to go out and do stuff on the ground. Um, <laughs> But I, I would like to know your opinion on that. And and if so, because I, I disrespect the man. Very, I have no respect for Edward Snowden at all. And it, it, it I, that's always weighed in my head. It's like we're, we're not looking at the bigger picture. Did he help strategize? Did he help build what the Russians are using now? And to me, that's 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 even more treasonous than what he was what he was thought of doing before. So well, I, I just want to get your, your take on that. Look, I'll, I'll point you. I'll, I'll, I look at it in this way, and and we consider we a lot of times. I think maybe Chris and I, or or, or others who are in the DODs, we think about like you know the joint planning groups, or even like the tactical planning meetings where you sit down and you're going to go through like, you know, you're yeah. writing a warrant order, an op order, or whatever it is, and we think that that's like a you know that's a directed effort, and 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 then in espionage in general, not everything is that. Way so you can you can just like you can have you can have plenty of unwitting agents people who are working for a foreign intelligence service um, and they don't even know it. Now whether Edward Snowden was witting or unwitting, and whether he was like sitting down in that directed fashion that we imagine where he was helping, I don't I don't necessarily think so. I think he was part of a broader kind of pawn effort by okay. Russia. Um, I do know that his. With, with that said, I'll caveat that the first thing I think the first job that they gave him was a position at uh, VK, at uh, Vkontakt, which was which is the Russian social media site uh, where white supremacists flourish like garden flowers. Wow. Um, so, like, they, they put him, I think, either as the, the one of the senior VPs or something there, paid him a salary. And, what do you, you know, you take somebody like that and you put them in a social media company that <laughs> really, you know, we look at social media companies now and we kind of get, hey, these are propaganda machines. Yeah. And I wonder how much, you know, Russians already knew that this was a propaganda machine for them and how effective, you know, he could be sitting there um, working for them in that respect. So I, I'll go I won't go so far as to sit there and say that he was sitting with some uniformed individuals and making planning or anything discretionary in that respect. But I, I will also say that as part of the agreement for safety, I doubt that he traded nothing. I think he traded wow. Much more than yeah. what 
has been disclosed so far. Otherwise, what would be the point of keeping him there? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's no reason Russia would need to keep him or keep him safe. They were like, this is an excess cost. This is too much attention. And we don't really care about you. Other than you did some fantastic job wrecking the trust that Americans had in their government. What was left of it, at least. So, um, you know, that th that's the real question. Um, and, and the degree of which, I, I don't really know. I will tell you this also. Um, not everything he took has been released, period. Right. There's a lot more that has not been released. Just based, even if you look at publicly what was disclosed in terms of the numbers they throw around of what he took, um, if what he took is is X and they have released that in WikiLeaks and a couple other news pieces, then you have to assume that there's still you know three quarters of it still floating around somewhere, and he definitely has it or access to it. Well, do you think he would he would someone like that? Or even, you know, I, I, you can always use yourself in this example. I, I, I don't think you're Edward Snowden at all, believe me. But, <laughs> the, I mean, that's how I look at things. Even like with our last episode where I'm looking, we talked about Eddie Gallagher and, 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 and Lieutenant Clint or asked them. I'm looking at from my perspective because I've been in those situations before or I've been at a chance to be uh, make those same sort of decisions that or not decisions that would have been made. But do you think he's 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 holding on to him? You think he's for waiting for something else to happen, and and he's just going to give him out, or, or what, what? What would benefit him just or just to have him just in case the administration does another administration comes after him and says, "Hey, you're going to prison for life." I'm like, well, wait a second, I still got this and this and this. I'm not yeah, sure if you want to do that. It, it's it's not even it's not even. I'm not sure that he is too terrified of the legal consequences of what he does. You got to remember, he's a he's fairly he's pretty much a narcissist. Uh, okay. He, wanted to make change in the world in the way that he saw fit, not in the way that we think is the best way necessarily. So, like, he didn't have a discussion, you know, it wasn't a, a staff meeting to decide how to change. He just took it upon himself. That's narcissistic behavior. Uh, but, but outside of that, um, he's he's basically got a, a insurance policy so that if he dies, the lot or some or whatever of that will be released to certain people for them to publish. Uh, and that's basically what it's for. Now, the legal consequences, he's never getting out of that. I mean, we're not going to necessarily extrajudicially extract him from Russia in some respect, because that would basically impair the investigation inside the United States. Like, if you want to nail this guy to the wall, the worst thing you do is illegally remove him from another country to bring him to ours. Um, that, that would not help your, your case necessarily, even though, yes, we've done it before. Um, so, I mean... Uh, I, I don't think I think it's a matter of time. And when he does go to jail, he will go to jail for a very long time. And, and honestly, my personal opinion is they pursue the death penalty. Um, I don't think he'll get it. I don't like when you look at like government trials like this, there's yeah. never, the cases yeah. that I think the last ones were um, Adel, the, the, the Rosenbergs, the uh, Edith and what's his face, Rosenbergs, who were communists. Yeah. So uh, I think I'll get like life in prison. And if that's the case, fine. So be it. But at least, you know, he's not running around and he's still running around. It's interesting. I was going to say it's interesting, man, because I did listen to that whole Joe Rogan interview. And I mean, what he presents himself as is he's just this guy who wanted to wake the public up that the government was wiretapping our phones, listening to our private phone calls and that with that he wanted to show that there was proof of this happening. And that's. That's at least what he portrayed on, on that podcast. Well, yeah, 
I mean, that's cool and all. Um, <laughs> except that since then, the Intercept has published about oh, I don't know, fifty to hundred different articles about how like our specific technological capability as it relates to leaks derived from WikiLeaks, or specific articles that were unrelated to U.S. persons and the surveillance of U.S. persons. Um, and so the question really becomes is if this was a giant effort simply to first mobilize the United States citizenry against this government and then, you know, further expose those technological like advancements that we use as part of, you know, our, our national security strategy to foreign intelligence services using open source information, basically using the media as a weapon against the United States. And if that's the case, well, that, that that's worked pretty fucking effectively. Yeah, that, wherever we just, that's what we talk about whenever we get on the first me and Ian before the guest comes on is that we talk about that and how we tell turn the media off. The media has become a propaganda tool, and it has been overseas. I see, I saw it when I was overseas with Al Jazeera and some of the other stuff was going on, but it's even become now here. It's become that way here now, and I, you know, tracing it all back. If you want to say the forefather of that was this guy right here, was Snowden. And I, I remember when he first came out, we were, all those guys downrange were, were pissed. They're like, oh, my God, you're putting our lives in danger because now yeah, you're giving the yeah. enemy the ability to see what we're doing on a daily yeah. basis. And that, yes. you know, that, that's that. I, I believe me, there wasn't there was more than one guy that wanted to take his head. And I yeah. was one of them because because yeah. we're. Cause we want to get home. We're like, I always want to go home and see my family. And now you're going to, now you're trying, you're going to, you're actively trying to get us killed is what you're trying to do. That's what, what inevitably the result of that is, is, is um, like speaking without attributing this to a single group of people, but having spoken with the community and a number of people within the intelligence community, like the sum total of what he has has set us back for about 20 years. Um, and we can no longer assume that specific sites, locations, or operations are operating under clandestine cover. Period. End of story. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that—that's not—that's not like the key X key score crap that he revealed and all the other things. Even though that was damaging, that's just that's the sum total of what not, has not even been disclosed, but somebody has. Like, we have to make the assumption that it's been disclosed to someone other than him. We can't make the assumption, oh, he's holding on to it. He probably isn't. And if you ask me why he's sitting in Russia, it's because he's probably just feeding little tidbits to them, which yeah. For the next 20 or 25 years, it's likely that we are we are exposed, that our special forces, that our special operations forces, all, all, everybody is exposed yeah. to some extent. Um, and I think you can see some of that manifesting, uh, respectively, like uh, more recently with like how GPS is being targeted by the Russians very specifically for a number of reasons. Um, and, and before, there wasn't really you know too much worry about like, you know, are the Russians hitting GPS or not? Yeah. We just inherently trust it. We didn't see any efforts against it. Um, and then the past four years, all of a sudden, wow, that's amazing. They suddenly have decided to take a look at GPS and completely undermine it in every way that we use it. So, and, and you wonder what the correlation is, is, but you have to think of how much of our military or our intelligence infrastructure is based on things like, you know, time date stamps, um, mm -hmm. locational positioning, targeting, targeting, um, where, for instance, our units are, Blue Force Locator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fuck, all of oh, those yeah. things, you know, GPS, that's that's where that comes from. Um, and so that's like a linchpin to our entire joint strategy. Um, so, I, I, yeah, that guy, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to put it simply, he's just an asshole. That mother, <laughs> son of a bitch. I, I, bro, I, yeah, it, it's, it's, you, you wanted to, I get, I get, 
being wanting to tell the truth and your government's doing something wrong. I, I was there. I was there. I get it. You know, am I get? I would be a hypocrite to say that ah, son of a bitch. He's, no, when your government's doing something wrong, and if they even were there, if they were, um, but I also you have to be respect and have to be responsible. That's why even when people read thirteen hours, there's nothing offset in there. We're not giving anything because if we do. We still have friends that are working. It could kill them downrange. I don't yep. give anything OPSEC when I talk. Yes, yeah. I'm angry, but there still is a responsibility as an American citizen at working for your government. Even whether you trust it or not, you signed up for it. You're working yeah. for them. You still have that responsibility to to keep America safe and to keep others, especially on a personal – to me on a personal level. And I'm going to get grandiose, but on a personal level, keeping the guys you work with and those that are going to be doing the jobs. And maybe even my son when he gets that age. They need to be safe downrange, and he didn't. He 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 basically said in the narcissist comments, perfect. He basically said, "F everyone. I'm the most important person out here. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing the right thing. I'm Batman. I'm going to take care of Gotham yep. City and get everybody." <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> bullshit. And that pisses me. Yeah, he, the dude needs to be strung up well, by his fingernails for a long time. He 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 and others like him all had uh, a path using the United States Inspector General, um, an entity I'm very familiar with, um, to take a whistleblower route, which is a very specific set of steps. Now, people like to dismiss this, and that's the thing. Just because you dismiss it doesn't mean it's not there. It's there. Um, and so at the end of the day, like there, there was a path for them to do this, and that path, you had to show demonstrable evidence like fraud, waste, and abuse, or that, sure. that the you know United States government was doing something illegally. And that, the whole point behind that path is actually to give the, the government the opportunity to rebut. It's not actually to secretly assassinate you or throw you in jail. That's not what whistleblower is for. It's so that you get you get a situation like Edward Snowden where he's fairly – he's take, just like you said, he wants to be Batman, make, change the world, you know, all that. <laughs> yeah. so you give, the, the government has to act as the accused in that case and thus rebut. So they go through a process, and now, mind you, they have a lot of weight, a lot of power. They can make your life a living hell. So, and people sure. in, the, in the IG program will warn you: when you do this, your career is probably in that, whether it's in that specific field or whether it's in the intel community writ large, is probably over. Because no matter what you do, people are going to hear about it, and as a result, you probably will be whether, sure. whether it's like implicit or not, you'll be blacklisted. Um, but the thing is, if you feel strongly enough, isn't it worth it? Isn't it worth your career? Isn't it worth it to put your, you know, if you did this and you were successful, you yeah. can always, there are plenty of like given, especially even given his skills that he's, he was an IT admin guy with some, some Intel muckety muck stuff in there. Um, but at the end of the day, isn't it worth, you know, you can take your admin skills and go work in the commercial sector and you don't have to worry about your Yeah, I mean, you have to worry about your NDA, but you don't have to worry about NDAs with your new employer. So. So I, I feel like that was a lot better choice, given the fact that now you're sitting in Moscow for the rest of your life trying to avoid the United States government from throwing you in prison. Um, like there, there was an alternative and there has been alternatives and they choose not to use them. Um, and even Reality Winner or um, what the heck was the uh, the 98 Bravo kid who disclosed everything? Um, no, that wasn't that wasn't Chelsea. The yeah, Manning? Chelsea. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. They all had whistleblower routes they could have taken and said, hey, look, this is something that I think is wrong, and, and they chose not to take it. Or, uh, and I'll give them the credit, they, they weren't aware of it, but uh, I don't I don't really buy that as much. So, so, so yeah. I, is, is that, so are these guys, these there's just, are they, is that narcissism a part of the trait that falls in with, with Manning or Snowden? It's because they want to, 
Because you, you're right. There is the right way to do it. We did it the right way. We got a lawyer. We actually took it to the yeah. agency. We said, hey, this is what we're going to do. I mean, they yeah. still said they still said they still suspended our clearances anyway. But sure. we wanted to make sure. Yeah, we're, we're doing this the right way. And so when if, if a book or a movie comes out or anything, yeah. we're not going to get hemmed up at the end. But this show also in good faith that, you know, what, guys, we're giving you the opportunity to tell the world yes. the truth. You can if you want. But if not, we're going to, but we're also going to do it. And we're going to fall in line with it, whatever rules you have set up for us. And here's our clearance lawyer that yeah. is going to handle it. And, and Exactly. And, and, and I, I heard you say the exact word, um, and this happens just about every time. What the government will do almost immediately in those situations is suspend your clearance. It does, yeah. that. It does that with anybody. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter if, if there's a risk and that's that's the government's purview. They will suspend it. It doesn't mean it's gone. It doesn't mean that you're now like, you know, you know, uh, um, PNG. You're not. Yeah, yeah, PNG. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah. just you're just suspended. They do the investigation. And they can reinstall it. So it's, it's not like it's completely gone. And the thing is, that would happen with him or it would happen with me or with anybody else who stood up and said, hey, I, I suspect that the government is guilty of whatever, blah, 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 fraud, waste and abuse or or violating U.S. law or whatever. They would do that immediately with me as well. So you're right about that. And and the, the end of that doesn't mean that that's the end of your, your career necessarily or even that you lose the clearance. You may lose your position or ability to work by virtue of like social Right, but you may not have a clearance suspension forever, or you may not be able to not work for the IC forever. So um, I think, and you did the right thing. You went and get all, you got a lawyer, and that that is the right step. And and admittedly, all these are hard processes. Like I had to find a lawyer yeah. to with my issue, and I had at least five lawyers just hang up on me because they thought I was. Oh, you, no, you, you, they're, they're, too yeah. they're like, to hell with this. I'm not, <laughs> you, you do. There, there's a spec. You have to find this special, this guy that, that specializes in, in yep. that. And, and you know, it, 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 I told this on the last show, it, it's, it's kind of uh, ironic that our lawyer, and I like him. I don't care about his political views. Mark is a friend. He, he just, he just politically, I think he's, he's got a little bit crazy on the TDS syndrome <laughs> there, but Mark Zaid was our lawyer. Mark represents the whistleblower. That's, part of this whole that's is the head you which is the one that's doing this ukraine stuff right now it's i don't know who and i don't really care who the whistleblower is i don't want the name but that's what's yeah. funny is that mark helped us but in the essence and, and our story really helped I, I do believe in whether trump wants to believe it or not i really believe that our story helped him get into the office but now mark's representing someone else that's trying to get trump out of there and to me yeah. i just so to me it, it doesn't make us again don't take a side just find and do the right thing with whoever that person is and mark specializes in clearances so that's why we got yes. him and i think he did a good job my my peers might disagree but i think he handled our situation very well because it, it could have went south for us uh very easily and, and it did but you're right did the right thing where if these assholes like manning and snowden that's all they had to do and then they just yeah. had to go through the process well, and, and you brought up a very good point, respective. Now, with 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 the exposition of that guy's um, name out there, yeah, um, that, that actually has diminished the set of rules and guidelines that could otherwise be used by other people who are trying to do the right thing. And it's really hard to do because it just takes one person in the IC to say, "Oh, this person, he's definitely trying to like upset and rock the boat." So they'll they'll immediately like expose that to uh, like your senior leadership and all this when all you were doing. Was asking a question. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> if? You know? And so um, all of a sudden, you know, you find your, your, you look in the newspaper and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't do any of that. Now, I don't know the exact circumstances of the whistleblower respective to Donald Trump and, and my own political like opinion respective to that. I don't really care, but I can yeah. tell you 
when something like that happens, it would diminish something like in your case, like your ability to go through that process and not, you know, not have some kind of guarantee that there would be like some protections for you. Yeah, you're 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 going to get slant. It's going to get slanted when yeah. humans, human beings are human, and damn, yeah. everybody's so effing political nowadays that it didn't matter who you want to talk to. And that's a, we, I, we I don't think we got treated fairly by Brennan because of what his political views were. But it's hey, that's just that's the nature of it, man. We yeah. we knew what we we're getting into, but I I completely agree with you. As much to say you're gonna, it's gonna be fair and balanced. You're gonna get fair treatment. Bullshit. I know. I, I, no. No, I, if, I, if, I, if my story doesn't help who you like, their political your political views, you ain't helping me for shit. As much as you like to say you are, you ain't helping yeah. me for anything. No, I, 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 I've never gotten the impression ever in part of a, a investigatory process ever, whether it's it's like me on the defending side, immediately becomes a competitive thing, and I never get to yep. anyone. If you're the subject <laughs> of it, nobody has your interests at heart. It immediately becomes this massive thing about, like, is this a state thing, like a nation-state thing, or is this, like, a not, is this, like, did did they break the law, and how does this affect us 20 years? Your little, your little problem, like, the fact that you're being accused of something, and no one cares. No one cares. The fact that this is ruining your family and the ruining your your income, that you're like being like dragged to the not want not the defense, not the like the prosecution. No one cares really at the end. Of the day. And so you're just sitting here like basically like in the game of pong between these two massive. Yeah. Runners. This is why I, I I try to avoid like I. That's why I have generally avoided working with law enforcement and why I try to avoid the American legal system as much as possible. Oh, oh my uh, lord! Yep. The, the the end result is you become like you get put in this meat grinder of humanity and it's worse in other countries but at least it's expeditious. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, oh my lord, I, I got a story with that. I because you're you are not getting any you're getting no objectivity. That judge, sorry, they're not. You, you want the no. case to be thrown out before it even gets to a judge because. Rule of law, my ass. Constitution, my ass. What do I feel like doing today? Oh, I, I, I'm angry today. You're getting what we call the RI treatment, the range instructor treatment, when you're walking the lane. The R, you may be getting everything right, but if that RI, he got dumped this morning, guess yeah. what? You're you're not passing that lane. You, you're yeah. a no-go, regardless if you dare. So. Well, same with the judge. I, I, I am in complete agreement. Gosh, I had a judge that ruled against me on a civil case that – uh, it was, and it was bottom line. If he would have read on, and it, it, it's long, so I'm not even going to get into it. But it was more lines of of a contract. Well, I looked at a contract, so now it's enforceable. Well, by saying that, that means if every credit card bill that I get in the mail, as soon as I open it and read it, now I'm now they can enforce that credit card to me because I read it because now it's a, it's a legitimate document. Oh, it, yeah. it, it, it was, it's just it's just it's just crazy the the, the, of the subjectivity in human nature and i'm in clear, complete agreement with you it's it's it it's there the objectivity it's not anymore and you're right i i completely agree with you you, you can't you can't take that chance doing that but thank you mr edward snowden for making that happen for everybody else down after him i really appreciate it well i mean i'm Honestly, I, I did not come on the show just to like dump on him. But, man, <laughs> Sorry, my bad. That's my fault. My fault. No, my te- technically, it's me because I, you know, I just brought it up as the intro for how you're the, you're the stick. <laughs> yeah, no, how this came about. But you know what I did want to ask you about that's really connected with uh, with all of this is. 
you know, there's a lot of talk about how this is, you know, Russia and all that and how it's going to affect the next next election. Do you have any, um, you know, predictions on the next election and, and where things are going? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got, I got my thoughts. I, I, again, my thoughts do not reflect my employer. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's why you're actually, anonymous, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good thing that I stayed as Coriolanus, right? Um, so, so, you know, um, I, I've actually been working, um, my, my company has been working with a, another German company, um, and uh, the lady who runs this company, she's she's pretty smart, um, and uh, it's she's kind of she what she's trying to do is grow it in a startup, and I'm sure she's working furiously right now to make it grow because she's the CEO and she also helped develop them the machine learning that drives it. Um, but what we look what we're looking at cohesively, and what I like about working with her is I get a view into Europe and what's occurring in Europe, um, which. Uh, Europe has kind of always been, to some extent, a bellwether. Um, their reflexive way of handling things are, are is much different than the United States. Um, there's a reason we're called cowboys, um, and, and I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. I'll be honest, um, but uh, Europe is certainly not. Um, so, like, when we when I look at what she's doing, uh, what she has been doing has been kind of in the advent of elections in, in Germany. Uh, but she's because she sits over there. She's also looking at the effects of what is occurring over here in Europe. Um, and one of the things that uh, she said when she came over here, she's like, "What the heck is with the news? It's nonstop Trump. It's Trump, <laughs> Trump that, Trump this, Trump yep. that. Like there are other things happening in the world." And it's and I'm like, "Yes, this is true." But unfortunately, welcome to the navel gazing community. Of, you know, <laughs> yeah, could, could I just throw out there? I mean, when I look at the top podcast in the government category, which we're in now. All the podcasts surrounding us are about, you know, impeachment and Trump. We're like the only place where we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. And, and honestly, I do not want to talk about that. <laughs> no, no, no. We, no I mean, we, we, we are not getting involved with any of that BS except to make fun of it and parody it every once yeah, in a while. That's, that's it. That's I see it. Uh, and, and to be clear, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. I, I never have been. Even when he wasn't president, the guy just irritated me. Uh, <laughs> he, just, he strikes me as extremely, you have to understand, and, and Ian can attest to this, he strikes me as very New York. Oh, yeah. And with all apologies to New Yorkers, um, if you're not a New Yorker, you're just great on everybody's nerves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I and I mean that in the nicest way. Like uh, you go to New York, and and New Yorkers have a lot of solidarity. They're together in it to get you know everybody works together to to kind of make their their world better. And their world really is New York. New York, um, yeah. And I, I have no issues with that. But like, um, for instance, I had a small discussion with like two two construction workers who came down to Tampa apparently for like paving. And they were like, dude, it's like the wild, wild west down where you're at. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I kind of like it that way because nobody gets in your, your crap. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> so um, they, they just they were just blown away by the amount like they were having, you know, cigarettes in a bar. They're like, you can smoke here. And I was like, not everywhere. But, yeah, some places it's a choice thing. I mean, you can go down the street in there and there will not be any smoking. And they're, they're like, no, this is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But they're obviously they're from New York and, and they were proud of being from New York. But at the same time, they're like, I want to move down here and i was like okay well i mean do your thing and and can i bum a cigarette <laughs> uh, but, 
Um, so, so I mean, the, the, like he's he's always annoyed me in that respect because he has the same characteristics, and which is funny because I doubt his his city actually supports him as a constituency. Oh no. Any, um, but, but I mean, personality wise and like his upbringing wise is like New York elite through and through. And that just irritates me. So I can't say it's because he was president. I, he's just always irritated me. He strikes me very much kind of like Edward Snowden as a narcissist. Yeah. Uh, and any politicians that are narcissists too, it's politicians as a, as a vocation. A good friend of mine directed me toward, toward Max Weber's old piece. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so again, pointing out, I do not like the guy, but but by the same token, uh, I mean, all you see is news article after news article after news article. I have, I have a good friend. I believe uh, Ian's going to have on next uh, next week or done down the line. Oh yeah, uh, next month. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So and and he 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 tried his hand very very hard at journalism and was rejected a number of times simply because. Um, he couldn't tie the value of his article, which which had a lot of value in and of it. It stood on its own. Um, it was well written, um, the in depth piece, and um, he he couldn't get anywhere because it didn't tie into Donald Trump in some way. Yeah. Wow, that's terrible. Like that's not the journalism or reporting that I expect from you know like the the fifth estate kind of thing from a public trust perspective. Um, I I expect it. That you're going to, and if you look at the Society for Professional Journalism, they have they have basically um, a series of, of mantras and ethical things that they outline, and they and one of them is like try to find the objective, to try to tell as many sides of that story as you can, and if the side of a story, for instance, of a, the ambush in, in Niger. Uh, is to tie it to Donald Trump somehow. I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's actually not too much of a side there. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I believe it is like soldiers were operating under the command of the commander in chief. Uh, blah 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 blah. And I think that's about it. Um, so um, you know, I, those are the kinds of things that when she comes over here and she sees that, she's like, "This is ridiculous. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen." And I have a problem with that because I do work with journalists because I am a very big promoter for transparency. I don't work with journalists in the same sense that Edward Snowden does. I work with my company as a means to increase transparency. Uh, I look for things like liberation text so that people like in Venezuela who might be denied accurate or, or even just reporting in general can get, get an eye on what people see about their country, which you'll note is nowhere in the news right now. Um, so I try to, I try to promote the, the broader distribution of stories uh, that are basically about humanity in some respects or about like um, totalitarianism, authoritarianism in a way, such that people are, are able to see and read what it really is. Um, so I, I just when she sees that and she's just walking in through the door, she's like doo, 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 because she goes back home. She lives in Germany. She tells me objectively, someone who does not watch American news, who watches Deutsche Welle and watches all the other ones, <laughs> basically telling me your news sucks because all it does is revolve around President Trump. So regardless of the side of the political spectrum that you're on, it strikes me as, you know, there, there's a problem here. Um, and whether I again, not a, not a fan. Uh, but I really would like to see more news coverage about international events. I'd like to see more news coverage about yeah. like just basic local events inside the United States, whether and because local news stations are dying, they're just yeah. collapsing left and right. So um, as far as all of these things are concerned, I, I just see that the the they are not doing their kind of due diligence and their kind of duty to their public or to their audience. Um, and there are like, quite frankly, I see and I think a friend of mine, Chris, actually mentioned, I, I do think that the media is a significant um, threat 
I don't mean that in yeah. the First Amendment free speech way. Um, no. I mean that in the sense that they aren't actually doing their job. And most of when we talk about the media, we're talking about corporate entities. We're talking like CNN is not a, a, a raggedy bunch of reporters out there who are like struggling to get the truth out. It's a giant corporate behemoth. Oh, yeah, um, they're, they're run by who is a shirt? Time, they're both Fox and and. CNN both have shareholders that are in Time Warner and Disney. I mean, they're yeah. damn, they're the same. That's why yeah. I tell people, like, dude, you know, they're they're feeding off each other to make yeah. money, be, and they're but they both work for the same people. Yeah. I mean, it's for, if you all get that, like, just that's why I don't watch it because yeah. you're getting that shit. You're getting the 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 fighting, and the fighting is planned to be fighting. Yeah, yeah. there are some people oh, yeah. that have political views left turn. I get it, but really, yeah. it is it is the shows are made to to show that conflict. Because guess what conflict does? That makes money. Radius. That gives yeah. that, yeah. like, That's what we want to see. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, just so you, you know, again, common sense. Common you, sense. You know man. what was the craziest thing that I saw <laughs> relatively recently? And I, I know that you know about this, um, Coriolanus, because I can't say your real name, um, <laughs> was how ridiculous was the reporting during the Joker movie of media outlet after media outlet saying there may be a mass shooting at a Joker <laughs> premiere. You know, it, it just it, we're anticipating that it's going to happen and nothing happened. They were like, we're getting sources on the dark web of, you know, white supremacists shooting up the uh, Joker premiere. And it never. And and when you report that, it makes these people want to actually act on that. You're that's inciting yes. violence. Yeah, that's propaganda. That's dang. I know this is I'm putting my two cents in for you jump on it, but that's. That's what I'm talking about with the propaganda. That's where the media is dangerous, and that's where I agree that it's not the First or Second Amendment that's under that we're worried about that the media is going to hurt. It's actually there's going to be some physical physical things going on because of the propaganda tool that drives people to do that drives people to the hatred where they do end up starting to <laughs> starting to shoot each other, kill each other. Wars. That's how wars are started. That's how they, they're continually maintained. Go look at the Iraqi regime when Saddam was there. Go look in in Libya. Go look in Syria. That's that who controlled oh. the dictators does. I, I, I and some are like we are I, I would be careful um personally, I mean it, it's okay to generalize. I, I mean, we're having conversations, but state sponsored propaganda is one thing. Um and then you have media level propaganda. Um, and and propaganda is is usually state sponsored. Um, it isn't always. I'm not. I have somebody else you can talk to who's an expert on this, but um, it isn't always. Um, but in this far, insofar as, as what you're seeing, I think the Joker movie was supposed to be incels, and incels are, yeah. are definitely a consideration. Um, and <laughs> more. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 no, keep going. Keep going. I'm loving it. Yeah, I, love I this, think. Uh, well, I'm trying. I'm. I'm just thinking. Like, I just. I. I. I am now starting to dip my toe into working with some federal law enforcement folks, and uh, oh my god, uh, cognitively, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. It's one thing where you're just like, okay, I know the traditional troop of, you know, a holes that are across the world that are definitely trying to undermine the United States, but now I got to fixate on the inside of America, and then you're like, holy cow, this is a whole another clown car. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> uh, it is. It really is. I, I was just unaware of how many people inside this country are spending their time, like daily, I guess, on the on the, on the bathroom, contemplating how like totally screw with the United States. Um, and so I, I think from a, a propaganda standpoint, that what happens is you get a lot of times uh, journalists. Again, we have this perception of journalists as someone who is fairly well educated. 
Um, and even if you look at most journalists, they'll have like masters from Columbia, et cetera, Columbia School of Excellence for Journalism. Um, but what happened, and they probably are to some extent, um, and then they walk into the pipeline of you know contemporary corporate media, and they have um, three or four fact checkers, uh, one quote unquote hacker, um, and about two editors, and that's who they're sitting in a room with. They've got a quota that they've got to meet. Uh, so they jump on the first thing they can, um, or they'll walk over to their hacker friend and be like, hey, what's happening on the dark web? Um, you know, and the, the hacker might or may not have a very in-depth amount of knowledge about this, but it does not have the time to explain to someone who has a quota um, exactly what the incel movement is or, you know, why white supremacists have moved from Iron March and Tor to another, you know, anonymous network. Um, that's not that important to that reporter. What's important is that they get that quota met and that the story goes out and that what bleeds leads. Um, so the depth of what you're going to get is very low. And the last thing that that reporter does before they've typed up their three pages or on the blog post or it's in WordPress and gets submitted through a series of editors. So it's like two or three editors who check for grammar, spelling, etc. And then it gets posted. And that's it. That reporter wow. not have even left the newsroom. Uh, wow. Yeah, and and you guys had uh, Jack on on you know whenever you want. <coughs> you should just ask him how many foreign press bureaus there are. We used to have foreign press bureaus everywhere in this world. Like there used to be a foreign press bureau in China, Russia. Um, there used to be one in India. So we used to have like components of our news agencies in these locations. Uh, where reporters would do work, and they're gone. They don't exist because of budgetary collapse. Like, they're literally losing so much money, they can no longer afford to staff those people. And so what they'll do is they'll take Associated Press. There used to be one called UPI, which is now dead. Yeah. UPI's uh, dead? I didn't know that. UPI's dead? Sure. I'm pretty I had sure. no yeah. idea. Yeah, either, either got bought or is gone. Uh, I, I could be wrong. Um, and, and Associated Press is just a bunch of freelancers sitting in that country with like press credentials. Like they could have a high school education for all you know. And they got the press credentials and they're on site. They took some pictures. They wrote up a brief thing and then they could send that to CNN. And that's what CNN reports. So the whole system uh, and the way that things are reported within the media, is, it's kind of just broken. Um, and what I really want is for these things to collapse. That's why I don't watch them. I just want them because they're money making machines. I refuse to give them any money and as little yeah. money as possible. You're and speaking to the hope, choir on that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What I really hope is that something good arises from the ashes, like something um, that maybe is like there are two places right now that I look uh, one that's called newsy. They claim to be objective and it's, uh, I, I would yeah. say, than most, yeah. and then the other one is something called civil. Um, civil. Civil is actually driven by a blockchain, um, and it's kind of rising out of out of nothing. Uh, but they basically are a, I would say, an organization, and it's not a corporation that um, basically gives a seal of approval for specific independent news outlets. Um, now, I'm not saying like. Everything in today's age is called the blueing of America. Everything is kind of moving liberal um, in the United States. Oh, yeah. um, and probably one big reason is because this country hasn't actually had a war that anyone has to suffer for other yeah. than the amount of soldiers that are in it. And as a result, you've seen a blueing. And that blueing is going to continue more than likely. Um, uh, I, and, and I'm not advocating for a war or anything. <laughs> we are not advocating for a war on Battleline Podcast. Put that, let me put that out there right now. We are not. Look, believe me, people. By all definitions, I am a war monger. Like the, the my life has been basically 
an effort at studying the nature of war, both empirically and being there. Everything that I've done has been war-related. Uh, and for me, personal uh, opinion, war is part of the human process. Uh, it's not nice. And there are plenty yeah. of human processes that are not nice. Getting born is not nice. Dying is not nice. War is not nice. Like, there's plenty of human processes that are not fun, that we all share. Um, and war is one of those. And so I just, I spent, I have spent a lot of time, like, looking at, like, things called war cycles and all kinds of fun things. Um, but at the end of the day, when when you look at the effects of war, and there have been some studies, uh, Peter Turchik over in Russia and a couple others, um, there are some small positives to derive from that, one of which is usually after war, you see an amazing amount of industrial and economic growth. Yeah. Um, and two, you see cultural shifts, um, normative cultural shifts across the board, like in what a what a population believes. Now, this country hasn't really I mean, we've been at war theoretically for like 10 to 15 years, but it hasn't impact the denizens of the United States in, in a way that they can readily quantify for themselves, meaning they aren't donating metal. Um, they aren't, yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah. There's no like war bonds um, and like people wonder why the economy isn't doing that great. You got to wonder like 10 years of counterterrorism efforts and, you know, 20 different nations. Um, and then you look at OCO funding, you look at all kinds of things and you wonder, hey, how much of our economy are we divesting essentially into just, you know, Department of Defense efforts across the board? So it, they, they don't they don't there's no way for them to reach from, hey, I got to go to work today to holy crap. We're, maybe we're spending so much money in these wars that we're not winning that it's affecting our economy. Like it's a war. It's what would they call a war chest economy? And that's not really good for democracy at the end of the day. Some people would say it is, but it's not. Um so I, that's why I say that. I, I'm not advocating for a war here in this country other than to say that the, the bluing is as a result of that there has been no austerity. Um, and somebody once mentioned um, like final stage or last stage capitalism, which is really just a socialist communist thing. Um, but, you know, the fact that you can sit in your house and order everything that you need from <laughs> You know, your groceries to a car to, you know, movies. Um, it, it, that's, that is an example of how, like, this economy has shifted into and we're in this first world where no one has, like, is really austerity. Um, so uh, that's, that's my opinion. But as far as the liberalization and the bluing, you're going to, you're never going to get that out of media because, and millennials, and I, I'm not necessarily talking, are you, Ian, are you a millennial? I don't think you're a millennial. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll talk shit about millennials all day. <laughs> I, 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 you know what's so funny? I, I hate that term. I hate that term, but I think I technically am. I was born in 86. Yeah. Yeah. I think you are. I think yeah. you are just on the cusp of like, yeah. So, and there's like Z and, and there's now Z generation. But the, the point being is really within that um, the, the, is that austerity, there's never been a face for austerity. And what you see semantically is that liberals are looking for progression, social progression uh, in the vacuum of austerity, meaning they've got it pretty good by people who've lived since 1945 uh, or even 1960 or even 80. You know, 80 is when you, when you really saw like hyper capitalism by any definition. And so they're operating from that time frame. And so they're looking at it like injustices from their perspective in that generation. Um, and that means that they see issues in terms of race in America. They see issues in terms of gender and sex in America. Um, all those things come to the forefront as a result of that disparity, because you can only tell disparities within your own lifetime, not outside of that. You're only yeah. imagining disparities outside of that. Um, so at the end of the day, you're just going to continue to see a bluing. 
at least for most of us in terms of our values. And, and people will tell you that, you know, the young are Democrats and the old are Republicans, and that might be true, but that doesn't change really the overall way that people vote necessarily. So people- do, you, do you think, I, I, my opinion is the media perpetuates those those things you just said that the this the that the millennials see even if they aren't millennials doing the reporting because it, it does it, it does help with ratings it's uh, racism sure. and and yes. and gender you know and now we have a uh, gender inequality and, and yeah. but but i i look at it and go oh my god are you kidding me we had a black president we got ben carson i i lo- I, I was I backed him during the election. I, you can he last I checked, he was African American. Yeah, do I? There are so many important. One of the most respected persons I have in my life is is Herman Cain. I like man, that dude is that dude show. That's the American prosperity. I'm Mexican. My grandfather came in. To, to show that there's still that racism out there, I, 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 that's the thing. Compar- I don't really see you're that comparing anymore. it to the the degree that you're aware of, and and I agree with you. I mean, and, and nominatively, I agree with you. Meaning that, like, I also I was born 1977. Okay, so, yeah. so you're, uh, you're 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 close. I'm not going to say how I, I'm only like 22. <laughs> 22, but yeah, no, I, I I I get I I just you know if if it's something to perpetuate, if it's something they believe in, and I hear what you're saying. Then okay, well that's hard to change their belief because I, I get what you're saying. That's what they know. That's what yeah. they've they've. But if yeah. you're my age and you're utilizing it and you're you're be, you're throwing salt on the, or you're just throwing gas on the fire just to keep it going because it's for ratings. I got a problem with that. That's wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think that um, well. I'm not going to get too much from my perspective into the kind of racial and, and, and sexual divides. I, 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 I don't, don't get into that. I think it's just it's just it's just on the media side. What you what you see in that is divides. There, there's a, there is inequality with there's yes. inequality with short people and tall people. There's inequality <laughs> with somebody who's colorblind and somebody who's not. I mean, yes. that, that, we if you we can get inequality all day on everything, but I. I'm still getting yeah, but don't worry about that. I'm just no, talking no, about well, the media so side. The things that I noticed that millennials do very frequently is they conflate equality, um, like based on constitutional principles and actual equality. Um, and what actual equality smells like to me is communism. Um, so yeah, no. We're in agreement there. No communism. Right. And Not like, good. It, bad. I can show you like the fifth most um, most. Uh, recommended or uh, required reading in colleges today, the fifth most per open syllabus uh, is the Communist Manifesto. I think it's five or six. Not the Constitution, not John Stuart Mill's on utilitarianism, not, you know, Leviathan. None of those. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. Is that is that re- and I I, I I went to grad school. I didn't ever have to read the Communist Manifesto in any of my college years at all. But is that is that again? That was that was years ago. So and we're not going to say how old I am. So just got yeah. to guess. But is that you said how old you were in the last episode? Shut, no, I did. I lied. Shut up, Ian. Shut your mouth. You shut your, you shut, your, you shut your horse mouth over there and just be quiet. The <laughs> No, but is that I, I guess I'm asking, is is that as a recent? I, I'm asking because I don't know. Is that recent that that's, or has that been over the last 10, 15 years? Which to me that's recent that that is, or has that always been done? And I just went to some sub, I just went to substandard colleges <laughs> and didn't get, get I, the honestly, education. I, I think so. There's a couple things that I mean. That is a good question. I don't have a good answer for that because it's not based on a timeline. I, I'm happy to send you the site. It's a it's a universe. Yeah, that'd be great, bro. The, the 100 top. 
text assigned via open syllabus, which is an, a website in itself, so you can see what teachers are signing. Mind you, open syllabus, it's college level reading. Um, you're supposed to do some critical thinking. Uh, and I don't have a problem with anybody reading, you know, Das Kapital or the Communist Manifesto, as it may be. I think it should be required reading just as much as the Constitution and just as much as anything else. But when I see four reference books in the top, four, like top ones, like the Bedford Handbook for Writers and a couple others, then uh, there are at least two, and I think those were pertinent American government. And then, like fifth, is the Communist Manifesto. I just have to get a little worried. And and to be clear. Nobody has uh, such a deep-seated hatred of communism as Americans used to have, um, yeah. and I, I still kind of do. I hate communists. Uh, I've lived in socialist democracies my entire life, uh, and, and that, those two are not the same, uh, but I have seen the, the wages of sin, per se, that, um, that socialist democracies have enacted upon in their own population. So I'm, I'm very familiar with how this all works. Um, across the board, when I was in high school, uh, growing up in Central America, um, I, I had friends who were ardently communist and, you know, white Russian and red Russian Trotskyists and Marxists. And there were some of them were anarchists, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Um, and they're like, from my perspective, I hate that crap. I really just hate it. I hate collectivism. Um, I hate the fact that you're going to force me to make a decision uh, as a result of all the decisions that you've made. Now you want to impose it upon me. And I don't yeah. honestly, you know, and th this is going to sound really bad. Um, but my formative movie watching moment when I was a kid uh, about America uh, was far and away. Um, <laughs> that's, not bad. that's not bad. It's terrible. Uh, it's, it's a romance movie. Uh, 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 hey, that's a, hey, we we all have our soft side. I, yeah. I, I I had Harlequin romances. I read those in my mom's shelves all the time when I was growing up. I think it was for other reasons, though. I mean, I was starting to feel a little tingle in my loins when I read them. So I was, but but there, but they still were Harlequin romances. And lace, lace was lace was a big one. That's where I started to learn about things that. You know, I had about my special I, purpose. I think we're going to get some kind of ration of food for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay no, take if you ever seen the movie The Producers, uh -huh. yeah, ever seen them with with Nathan Hale and Matthew Broderick, and yeah. it's it's a okay guy. I'll I'll double that. That's one of my favorite movies. I just watched yeah. it yesterday. So there you go. I got producers, and it it is people the the man world. It will. <laughs> If you're a man and you watch it, you're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, Tana, what's wrong with that?" Is so so there. So we're good. We're on the same page, man. I'm, I'm with you, man. I, it's the the reason though, like, and far away, I don't know if anybody remembers it or not, but at the end, uh, I mean, it deals with basically a poor potato farmer's son yep. uh, who falls in love with basically an aristocratic, aristocratic, uh, redheaded who plays it was Nicole Kidman at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So she she's like this rich girl who goes over to America. I forget what her rationale, what the reason was. I think this is just like, hey, this is like our we we're done with Ireland. Ha, we're going over the states. Uh, so he actually has to like like scrabble together, ride the ship illicitly. And like for the, like she gets there and she hates it because it's a bunch of immigrants who are basically poor or impoverished and she's living in a tenement. And he's like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can do anything I want. <laughs> and at the very end, like the way that he solidifies everything that he ever saw, it was like that American dream, uh, which is he goes riding out to the West and stakes a flag and now he's got land. 
Um, and, you know, when he went out there, the American government wasn't really out there. There was no government. It was just like Americans. And like the, 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 the spirit of freedom from an American standpoint, at least historically, the way that I see it comes from the individuality that we, we, we have and the respect that we have for others also being individual and the distrust of our government because they always want to get in our crap. Like, and, and all of that's manifest and far and away. Um, so that was like this thing that I watched. Um, and, and, and like I was 16, I was like, that's amazing growing up abroad. And, and at some point in my life, I had a decision to make between citizenship A and citizenship yeah. United States. And I was like, well, I'm going to go with the United States because, you know, far and away. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, we just, there's just not as much land anymore because they're no. developing on it. But it's, no. to me, it's still, I think still people feel the same. And I still feel the same way. This is, this is the cliche land of opportunity, yeah. but it is, man. That's yeah. why, that's why my grandfather came over. To be, yeah. And he became a farmer. Hey, farmer, there you go. And it was potatoes. Look at that. So, <laughs> but but if it wasn't for him coming and wanting something better here, and I, I wouldn't be here. You know, I I I would have been raised in Mexico. And and uh, it, but so I, brother, I I get yeah. back to you know with all even all the bad things. I know this is we've been talking. You know, yeah. worried about bad this oh, yeah. and that. In the end. Man, this is still a great country. This is why you're here. That's why I'm here. This is, and no matter about how bad it gets, there's still that opportunity out there. And uh, you know, as far as the wars and stuff, you're talking. I know people. If if there ever has to be in a war in America again, if the, if it happens, it's going to happen. It, it does, but it's because we're losing that feel of opportunity. If we lose well, the ability to go out there and be and be able to become something that we start, then yes, then guess what? I, Tana will be warring and you don't want me warring. You don't want guys like guys like me warring because you're going to lose. You Whoever's coming, you're going to well, lose. Americans are, are hugely self-deprecating. I mean, they're self-deprecating. Yeah. Like, yeah. In, like it's amazing. Uh, and, and I've been asked that a number of times by friends who are outside. Why do Americans just hate on themselves all the time? <laughs> I don't really true. know. Uh, but it's true. They're very self-deprecating. People talk about the ugly American, but some of, and some of that is, you know, the boastful, arrogant attitude that sometimes you you find with Americans abroad. But East the other Coast, East Coasters, right? I, we, I just reflect back. I'm just reflecting back. The elitists, the elitists, the East Coasters. Sorry, sorry, Ian. Know. You arrogant asshole, Ian. <laughs> but, but the other part is like they, they always ask me, why do you guys make fun of yourself so much? And I'm like, that's just part of the humor. I mean, this this is this yeah. is a way to offset. You know, awkward situations for Americans. It's very self-deprecating. Um, uh -huh. You see that reading, writing, and hearing. Um, you know, oh, this is the end of America. Even if we had a civil war, I'm not sure America would be over. No. Oh no. It'd be no, like a phoenix again. Yeah. You know, really, or really the nation, and there's a war in our soil. Don't think that's the end of America either. Um, I don't think any of those things are the end of America. The, in the worst sense, or in the best sense of the world, word, Americans are cockroaches in the sense that everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to happen um, because I mean, like, there's such an amazing amount um, of of uh, mixture of cultures here that was part of what its design moving forward is is about. And so, at the end of the day, um, yeah, you know, what I guess what what disturbs me right now is the only thing that could destroy that, in my opinion, is is the advent of collectivism um, and and hor like horrifying collectivism. Um, yeah authoritarian collectivism um and it's something that i don't i don't think uh, we didn't get this far to be like hey you know what i really want a politburo why don't we get a pulp you know <laughs> that's like a good idea right now um it's like <laughs> it's like a bad idea but i see an amazing amount um from the euphemistic <clears throat> use of things like 
last stage capitalism or capitalism is dead or whatever. Um, and I see this in writing. It's recently one of the ones that came up was Umar Haik, who writes at Medium. And if you just look at a list of the things that he writes, he is basically <clears throat> a giant propagandist for the end of the, both the UK and the United States. And one has to question why you are such a, yeah. a, a chicken little basically for those kinds of things whilst living in the same country. I mean, what is it that you <laughs> to gain from that, if anything, and, and elucidate, really. Like, who are you telling that this is going to happen, and who do you expect to believe you? Um, and, and the, but there's people that, I mean, he, he sells. It, and that's, that's what's, it's so ironic, again, you're saying all this, but in the end, and then you're making a ton of money by being a capitalist. That just doesn't make yeah. it, it makes no sense. Sure. Uh, look at other people, why are you listening to this person about, we need to share everything, except I don't. Just keep buying yeah. my books. Keep buying my stuff so I can be a gazillionaire and, and drive a Ferrari. But America's bad. America, capitalism right. is bad. It's like, right. Come on, man. I, I'm, I'm, I, just, I don't get I just don't get how people can buy it. I, I get reading it. But then in the end where people actually, you're right, just totally immersed in this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Communism, socially. <laughs> capitalism is awful. It's yeah, huge. Here, here's more it's, of my money. Here's more of my what, money. Here. You're going to see, like, so, like, you can say, like, uh, remember uh, Osmandius and the Watchmen? Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. So Osmandius was funny because he would watch <laughs> yeah. in, in television and media as things propaganda. And so you would see certain cultural shifts, which you can kind of see to some extent. Um, he would see cultural shifts yep. and say, hey, yep. we're going to war in four years based on the fact that we're seeing, like, a drive in action movies or, or historical war documentaries, etc., and you can see the amount of media um, and fiction being shuttled out to the American yep. citizenry that are all about things like, hey, socialism is cool. So is communism. Hey, you know, collectivism <laughs> is pretty cool. Um, the most recent example is like, um, they just produced a, an animated film, and I read the, the actual comic uh, called Red Sun, which is a spin on Superman. Oh, I've seen. I, I've seen. I haven't read it. No, I, and I'm a big comic book guy. Guys, go everybody. Whoever, if you haven't read the best, uh, best uh, comic out there, a graphic novel, Watchmen is what we're talking about. First, yes. Ozzy, yes. Mandy. Yeah, go, yeah. go watch yes. the movie's right. great. I'm more like Rorschach. That's who I represent <laughs> more than anybody. But that would be me. I would. I would like to say, night, was it Nightwing or Night Owl? But I'm not. I have to admit, I'm more like Rorschach. But. But I, no, I create Watchmen. It, no, keep going because Watchmen is a perfect example of, of that, and, and that's it's actually has some scary truths to it. Yeah, yeah, and, and the series on HBO is actually really good as well. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't know crap for about HBO. I'm not trying to pitch them here, but I, I, I do like the series. And um, I, I haven't it. seen it yet. I'll have to watch it, man. I haven't had. I just don't want to ruin the movie. I, I'm afraid they're going to no, ruin the movie. They're actually more deference to the comic rather than the movie, which okay. Means, Okay. Which most, maybe most people don't know, but there was a major shift at the end where yeah, um, yeah. Um, and I think they made Dr. Manhattan the primary cause of a massive genocide versus what happens in the comic, which is a giant squid. Uh, giant squid alien. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 but but up to that point, up to that point, it was actually pretty. I, I, yes, I, I, totally I, I read the graphic. Yeah. I, I, Best yeah. graphic. I'm a big graphic novel reader, yeah. but but no, I you you, you are you. But, and that's but that goes back to what we're talking about. Where where people are getting used and propaganda again yeah. is being used, even in smaller smaller doses or with just commercials or as unconventional warfare. We're coming back to the special forces, special ops plan of overthrowing yeah. a country without having to overthrow a country. It's just coming yeah. back to the art of war. The best way to win a war is to not even fight the war. Is to just <laughs> it's, it's, you're not going to lose anybody. I, I just it's it's back to it, man. We're ba we're back into it, and people are and people are buying into it. Wake up, everybody! 
turn off the news, <laughs> listen to Battle Line podcast, and you'll be good to go. That's all you got to do. This is, I mean, this is, I, so I, I'm using the example of Red Sun, but I mean, you can you can see this um, like as a shift just going, if you just go back to 2010, you'll see a, um, like, um, you'll see a, a kind of shift in the programming then to the programming now. Um, and, and like, again, I'm one to vilify collectivism and specifically communism and even to some degree socialism. And, and my mother is a, is a socialist Democrat. She'll proudly declare that all day. I'm a democratic socialist. Because she's German. Um, and Germans love that crap. Okay. okay. Right? So, <laughs> but, but uh, and I've got, uh, and you see that movement here, um, and to be clear, I'm not equating the bo- both of them to be the same because they are not. Uh, but um, democratic socialists are directly derived from stages of um, moving toward communism that Marx outlined. Um, so he, his expectation was that at some point everybody was going to be a democratic socialist, um, with the final stage of this being communism and possibly anarchy. Um, so I, I do I do think that you see a lot of this. I do think that there's actually a lot of folks in the government who are seeking a very hyper-collective kind of society of their own vision, whether it's communism or whether it's something else, it could be anarcho anarchy for all I know. Um, and I think that uh, there is actually kind of a global effort, um, and there are some very luminary speakers that are driving what is basically neo-communism. It's a, a form of communism not dictated by geography. Um, and no one, not one of them, will ever sit down and say, "I'm a communist." Most of them will, will, will like most communists, say that they're socialists. Yeah. Until uh, you get them in the power, then it all changes. Uh, so. I, I can't explain how much I see this everywhere where principles that I were I was educated in uh, are basically adopted and then introduced and, and normalized and then suddenly it's like whoa like I can't I can't necessarily brief that China is communist because the United States defeated communism. But, yeah, but <laughs> just, it just, it just it, it's like everything else. Everything else it gets repackaged, rebranded, yes. and presented as. But that when you win a war, whenever you yeah. beat somebody, your enemy, if they don't fully sign that treaty and say we're any, none of them even fully do it. They don't. They're going to find a new way to beat you, and that's yeah. the, And I, I, it's it's as simple as that. Even a simple grunts. So us infantry guys know that you beat yeah. somebody. All right, if you don't fully defeat them. All right. If you, they will, they may not come at you at the same thing they did the first time. If they're smart because they're going to lose again, they'll find another way here. What's our another route? How can we flank them? How can we do a little ruse? And that's what's going on. No, very, very true, man. Very, very true. And I I, I was just going to say, because we do have to wrap up here. Yeah. And, oh, son and, of a! Are you kidding but, me? Yeah, no, we're running this, out of time here. But, fun, man. but I, didn't think, I was like, this, I'll tell you, well, I thought these things two hours in. Are you sure? Yeah, flies I mean, by. I can't look, go two hours, look at the man. clock, man. I know it's true. Yeah, I said keep going, keep you were going, you were reluctant on that, but no, it's so. The, what I was just going to say, I guess, kind of wrapping things up here is. The interesting thing is now you have, you know, someone like Mike Bloomberg running for president, openly saying China is not communist, you know, and and it is a pretty scary proposition. I know that there's a lot of anger over things that Trump says on Twitter and all that. And and I'm I'm kind of with you, you know, uh, in that I'm not the biggest fan of the guy. 
but I will take him over someone openly endorsing communism. No, um, I, I, I will all day. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just, so, hey, I, like I tell, would say to Trump, just do, do your job, get off Twitter. You're doing, get the economy organization, <laughs> just do your job. That's it. You're good. Yeah. You're doing great. Do, do your job. Just, just, but he, but he, he, he I think he, you're, the narcissist comes in, loves feeding it, just loves feeding it. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. So no, but, go, but go with, the, with go, that, go dude, we're, uh, we're running out of time here. So I don't know if there's any last words you want to give us. We will definitely do a part two because sure. I agree with Chris. This flew by. <laughs> sure did. Well, look, to answer your question, like what's going to happen in the election, uh, Trump's probably going to get reelected. Oh, yes. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I put money no. on that, too. Yep. Uh, and the reason he's going to get elected is for some of the reasons you guys pointed out, the alternatives right now. And, and I'm talking about the alternatives because they're like, what, 30 of them or something or 15. Yeah. Um, all of them <laughs> yeah. are probably advocating for some things that I actually think the, the unspoken majority does not want. And as a result, you're going to see Trump get elected. And no, that is not my pick, actually. So, yeah. Well, with with that, we didn't even we didn't even get into YouTube, which maybe we'll save that for next time, because I know you wrote a status recently about, you know, YouTube is is taking down content with anything involving hacking, anything involving firearms. And like that was supposed to be a haven of free speech. And what they did is they waited until we were all on there and we were like, oh, we love this platform. And then they're like, no, we're going to change the rules on you now. We're no longer a haven for free speech. (laughs) Yeah, we we do need to get in that. So everybody, so us us gun guys don't have to go on Pornhub for guns (laughs) right right all you gun guys that's why you get on Pornhub to look at the guns don't tell your wife that i know you guys are lying there's a there's a a site somebody recommended to me i think it was was called float plane i think it's called yeah Uh, i'll have to look at that i don't know what that is do i want to uh, yeah, I think it's called Floatplane. Um, Floatplane looks to be, they say they don't want to be another YouTube platform, but they seem to be less discriminatory. But I mean, we should definitely talk about that. We should talk about like, you know, uh, entrenched interests in terms of like our entrenched interest when it comes to YouTube. Um, and then when we talk about that, we, you know, freedom. Love it. Freedom Heck yeah. If you guys okay, want to come on again, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You, awesome, we will man. have you on again. Believe me, Ian's the boss. Ian's the boss. I'm just a monkey on the string over here. Ian's the actual That's bro. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I try that again. Hey, edit that out. Go ahead. You, you, you go ahead and say. I'm just the monkey here, Chris. I'm just the monkey here because of you. Uh, all right. I, I'm the I'm the taco then on the sides. Oh, is that racist? Sorry, guys. I'm Mexican though. I can say that. So leave me alone. Thanks, man. No, thanks for coming on again, bro. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, brother. So, awesome show there. I want to, once again, wrap up with this. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact and soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. And that's right. We are no longer, you know, we're not going to be an outlet that isn't going to have... you know, gun yeah. manufacturers on here. We don't care what YouTube is doing. So as long as we're still allowed to uh, yeah, advertise right. for Fort Scott, we will be. Um, but this ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the lightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, 
as well as directly online through www.fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE, one word for 15% off your order. It helps us out. And, uh, you know, they're helping us do our thing. So this is only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud sponsor and supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. Once again, fortscottmunitions.com, promo code Battleline for 15% off. We stand by them, and I should mention, you know, with platforms like YouTube, Getting rid of gun manufacturers, getting rid of all this, you know, we're proud to have people like this on board with us that we trust and, you know, we have a good relationship with. And I can tell you from personal experience, for all you people that don't know the gun community, don't believe the stereotypes, don't believe any of these gun people, gun people, people have ammunition, people at Fort Scott Munitions, they're top notch, good people. Honor, honor and integrity, and that is fleeting in today's society. So having a corporation that's family-run like theirs that does a good product, but then on the inside, and you see the inner workings, is just a, a company that has has complete integrity. Uh, you know, it, it, you just you can't find somebody better than that. And if you're not using Fort Scott munitions, you, you need to at least go pick up some in the military and law enforcement. If you're not using their stuff, which is what they need, really need to get into, you're 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 really selling your guys short. That's that's the stuff that that guys that that need to come home every night, men and women, they need to have in their in their systems. And for home defense, I would recommend it highly, especially most home defense guns are nine mils, nine millimeters. Please, yeah, grab it, grab it. But then also, like we say, everything else, use your gun responsibly, yeah. just like drinking. Use it responsibly. Be well trained with it. But if you're going to use it have something in there that you can defend yourself with and that can end a confrontation immediately. And for hunters, it's a no-brainer. Go pick it up. Go pick up the rifle ammunition. Well said, man. And and this is a great last-minute Christmas gift. So fortscottmunitions.com, promo code BATTLELINE. Uh, Any questions for the show, email battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. We'll get to those questions. And I told you, Corey Lane, this was going to be a great guest. And, I mean, it really flew by. So. Yeah, yeah, great, dude. And we'll we'll get him on again. And and uh, it, it's just it to me the little things that you can just tie into everyday life. How how you can associate and just utilize common sense to 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 see through the veil, uh, especially when people that you may emulate and and, and even me included. Yeah, saying people emulate me don't you don't want to. I'm a jackass, guys. Believe me, you don't. I'm I'm just a knucklehead, but. As long as you use common sense, you can always make a good decision. And and I don't think a lot of people do that nowadays. They they like to be they like the fast food, the self service, the quick service, the the sound bites, and that's how they base their decisions. So having a guy like Coriolanus on is I say it right because I always said it wrong. Coriolanus, yeah. I want to say I want to say his real name because it's so silly, but yeah. I like Coriolanus having guys like him on. It's Coriolanus. You're still on. I thought I thought Spencer disconnected. Oh no, he's right here. I got him right here. I'm looking at him. That's hilarious. I wasn't. I was going to say Coriolanus, but I knew you'd hear me. I didn't want to go that. That's hilarious. He was there the whole time. Wow. Having guys like that on just. It opens up your mind. Whether you agree with it or not, it makes you think. Free thinking, you know, you he mentioned it one time. We're missing a lot of free, free and critical thinking nowadays too, because we like the sound bites. We love that, and and that helps you think. Whether you agree with me, agree with him, agree with Ian, don't agree with any of us, if it helps you think a little bit, dig a little deeper, and research, 
then we're doing our jobs. Then I think we're doing a good thing. Yeah, and and I think the way that you wrap that up, that you know, regardless of all the stuff you see in the media, America is still a great country. We are not yes. collapsing. I think that's a great way to end this show. Uh, and we are going to get kicked out of Gotham any second now. So I, I will say, uh, great hat. You know, great speaking with both you guys. And we'll and, do. And a Merry Christmas, tell everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas coming up. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. That's all for this week's Battleline podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed. And keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Battleline Podcast. Also on Twitter at Battleline Pod. As always, never quit.